greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, sponsored as always by Running Aces Casino Racetrack and Hotel and website AMP. In this chats edition of the podcast, we're going to talk with Mike Patrick. Uh, excited to have Mike on. He's a poker player. He's a poker writer. He's a poker reporter. He does all kinds of stuff. Uh, but he is also our reigning mixed games champion at Rec Poker. So uh, who knows? We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff with him. Uh, but let's first introduce our panel. My name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game. And I was thinking about mixed games and my just trying to learn mixed games. And so I turned to the great Yoda for his insight. And he said, the greatest teacher failure is. <laughs> well, I'm Jim Reed. Oh, Chris, you are here. All right, jump in there. Yeah, I'm uh, five by five, Chris Jones on, on five by five on Poker Stars and Twitter, and I am failing to get my webcam working. So <laughs> I guess that's teaching me something. This is the best you've ever looked on a podcast. <laughs> well, my name is Jim Reed of Lusterini in the Home Games. You can find out more about me and the other members of the Wrecking Crew by going to rec.poker/crew. And I'm here to tell you that you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friends' noses. Oh. And I am John Sonsky. Uh, I'm Poker Geek Man everywhere. And tonight I have a quote from Amaryllis Slim. It never hurts for potential opponents to think you're more than a little stupid and hardly able to count all of the money in your hip pocket, much less hold on to it. <laughs> and I'm Rob Washington. I'm Rabman50 everywhere. I don't have any poker quotes today. I'm just really excited for the Tournament of Champions tonight. So we're going to see if we can take one down and get a silver yeah. pin. Let's go silver, nice. Rob. Love it, love it, love it. Well, as you guys know, we're going to we're gonna chat with Mike. And then after that, we're going to dig into the community happening. So if you're tuning in, excited to hear your name because you won a tournament, uh, either fast forward or better yet, listen to the conversation and then we'll get there. But uh, that'll happen after our, after our quick break. Uh, but with that, let's bring him in, Mike Patrick. Uh, hey, man, I, I know we've, we've worked with you. We've done some things with you, but officially, welcome to the Rec Poker Podcast. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. And for, for the folks that are watching on, on video, uh, we talked about this beforehand. What is your background? Uh, uh, I am where I wish I could be. Uh, it's the Aria Poker Room. Uh, it's been, God, what, a year and a half now since I've played any live poker, and uh, I'm missing not just my favorite room, which is the Aria, but any damn poker room in the area like jim knows in ontario we haven't had anything remotely resembling poker and since COVID hit and uh, i have been looking around that like the states in new york and there's nothing even close like uh, we need we need the border to open up so uh i can drive four hours to turning stone because i'm i'm itching to play some live poker so <laughs> I, I can't tell at all that you're itching to play <laughs> so so you mentioned you you are one of our canadian friends kind of where are you in toronto or where about are you located yeah i'm in toronto yeah okay so that where where is your normal what would be your home casino or what would be where you normally play Oof. so uh the casinos in ontario are kind of a mixed bag of okay and not so great so for the majority of how long i've been playing poker i've been driving across the border in niagara falls uh to play on the american side at seneca niagara casino uh which is in my opinion the best run casino in the area here um the other the other casinos in, in ontario have you know some good things going for them but seneca i consider my home casino just i've played there for so long and you know they, they treat me like family there and i'm missing all those guys there and Hope they're all doing well. And then uh, Turning Stone is about four hours away, like I said. 
and uh, that's just an amazing room. I've, I've always liked playing there, uh, but it's tough to find any mixed games around the area, actually. So that's kind of for the home games. Well, it sounds like it sounds like a road trip is in order once things open up because we got you, oh, yeah. we got Reed, we got McVean, we got all these folks uh, up there in and around Toronto. I know Pet Vets up in Canada. I'm not sure where. I think you know. I think all Canadians live in the same place. So it doesn't really matter. But you know, we we got to get the road <laughs> trip up there. You know, a lot of us are Minnesota, man. It's not too far. We got to get up there. But uh, super super fun. So tell tell us a little bit about who you are in the industry. I know you you do a few things and people have heard your name, but like uh, for the folks that maybe haven't heard of you or haven't really followed, you know, kind of where you're. Where are you plugged into the industry? What are some of the things that you're involved with? So uh, I, I'm, I'm flattered that you guys invited me because honestly, I don't really think of myself much in the industry. Like I've, I've done some stuff for uh, Robbie at Card Player Lifestyle. Like I've written for him for about uh, two and a half years or so now. I've done some articles for him. Uh, I did a bit of stuff for Poker News Canada before uh, they uh, kind of dissolved. Uh, but uh one thing I'm looking forward to is I'm going to be doing some live reporting for Poker News in the fall at the World Series, which is going to be amazing. I've been waiting since the last year to do that. So, um, But before that, I was working in the TV industry. I was a producer at uh, the Sports Network, which is like uh, Canada's version of ESPN. And then uh, they, they went through some stuff and laid some people off. And uh, I was one of those people. So I had to transition my career. And fortunately, uh, working in poker media has been uh, a part of it since then. And it's been a lot of fun. So, so where do you, I mean, you know, we, we talk about this quite a bit in the show where there's a lot of folks that are like, man, I'd love to work in the industry, even part-time or just kind of get my foot in the door. And, you know, your foot is in the door, but kind of where, I mean, do you have a vision for kind of where you want to take it? Just kind of want to keep contributing here and there and doing what you're doing, or do you have a, a um, hope that you can actually become, you know, even more ingrained? Well, one thing I, I would really like to do, and I've, you know, I've, I've touched base with a few people, but it's, it's, it's kind of a hard gig to get into is I'd like to take my TV experience and merge it into poker and work in in some aspect there um, producing some kind of poker show like I know poker go is phenomenal with what they've been doing um, since they've come up and uh, I've been fortunate enough to bounce a couple of emails uh, back and forth with uh, Maury there but the fact that I'm in Toronto is kind of and not Vegas is kind of a tough thing like it's a lot of poker media outlets are based in either Vegas or in Europe, and there's not really anything in Toronto. And so being a Canadian in that aspect is kind of a bit of a downer. Um, it's tough, but hopefully now that things are picking up again now post-COVID, um, I'd love to uh, speak to some people in, in poker media and in, uh, in the TV aspect of it. And, you know, I, I worked in TV for 20 years, uh, I know I could bring some stuff to uh, to poker TV if uh, possible, but uh, like I said, right now I'm I'm I've been loving writing articles and uh, I've been doing a bit of podcast stuff with uh, with Cards Chat. Uh, I've done some stuff with them, and uh, I just love doing anything that's involved in it. Like I I'm really happy that I've had this time to work in poker in any element whatsoever. So it's been it's been very cool to take. You know, another passion of mine, like sports is one of my big passions and to take poker as well and be able to kind of do more with that in the past couple of years has been awesome. I love that. I mean, we, we talk about you can't you can't teach passion. Right. So you, you've got the passion. Now we just need the outlet and you just need to get connected to the right people. Right. Whether that's let's let's get something cranking in Canada. Let's get that TV 
show cranking in Canada or you meet, you meet the right connection. So hopefully maybe you never know uh, who's listening that knows somebody that knows somebody, but connect him to Mike, man. Let's go. He's one of the good yeah. guys. Let's get, we need more, we need good people in the poker industry. So let's get Mike connected. But you mentioned mixed games a little bit and I don't know your whole story, but obviously you crush, well, you, you crush all of our games, but you crush mixed games. <laughs> I've been running pretty salty in the no limit games this year all time. <laughs> Leave those alone. Those are ours. Uh, but the mixed game stuff is you're, you're crushing those. Um, and, you know, John puts all that stuff together and it's pretty remarkable what you've done. And obviously you've got pretty good experience with mixed games, but just so people know uh, that, that maybe are just kind of new to rec poker, we do these home games every night. We also, we, part of that is we do once a month, second Wednesday of every month, correct me if I'm wrong. We do the mixed game. It's a, it's a 12 month series, a monthly tournament. We keep track of the points. We do player of the year. We give the recce's award. It's, it's a whole big thing. And last year we get like 60 to 80 people to play these mixed games. And Mike won like one, four out of the 12. Like, even if you don't know our point system, he had 463 points and second was Taylor with 263. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, Barry at 250. Like it wasn't even close like that. And we're like, okay, well, that's an anomaly, right? Like, okay, this guy's going to make me sing Oh Canada on the streets of Vegas. What <laughs> 2021 is a whole different story. And then you win the first two in 2021 and you're you're leading the thing again. So, so I'm just kind of curious, like, uh, you know, so obviously mixed games are a passion of yours. You're good at them. But like, what is it about mixed games that draws you more than maybe No Limit Hold'em or Maybe dig into that a little bit. What what is it about mixed games that you love? Um, it's just something different. It's it's honestly it's it's a change of pace. Um, like no one to hold them is is the it's the Cadillac of poker. It's you know what everybody plays and knows. And there's so many other variations of poker out there, you know that that are just so much fun and so worth learning and playing and discovering. And I you know I was lucky enough that you know I, I'm a product of the money baker boom and i played you know limit hold them and then no limit hold them and then dabbled a little bit in plo and then evolved into 08 and more and more mixed games from there so i was fortunate enough to discover them early enough in my poker career um that i've just kind of learned them over the years and learned more and more and just they're they're fun i mean the majority of them that i play because you know being a canadian fortunately enough i can play on poker stars right. and uh, I can play, you know, the eight game and anything that they offer. But like I said, live thanks games are tough to find up here. Um, but they're just, they're just different. They're just so much fun. And then in a live setting, they're just a whole different world because like when you play no limit hold them, it's, you know, we know what it's all about. It's, you know, it, it's pretty, you know, we hide down, throw in your hoodie, hide in your, in your, you know, it's don't give off any tells, keep it quiet and everything like that, throw in the headphones, everything like that. But a mixed game environment is just so much better. It's just so different because there isn't, I mean, there's thought obviously, but there isn't that like deep, I need to think for 30 seconds or whatever to make a decision on every street of a game. If you, if it's whether I want to flick in a sixth of the pot to make a call or not, you know, hmm. it, it doesn't take as long. So the game just moves faster. People are happier because, you know, the game moves quicker and it's, I don't know. It's just a whole different atmosphere in live games that are just so much fun. Um, especially with, uh, sorry, let's get speaking of poker stars. I got to close them down here. Uh, <laughs> they're just, uh, there's so many different, there's, there's things that are familiar from playing Nolan and Hold'em. Uh, there, and there's so many things that are obviously different and it's just doing something different, playing something different, but it's still poker and all the things that you like about whatever game that you've, you've, your main game is 
whether it's Hold'em or PLO or whatever, there's always going to be something that's fun and just learning something new and discovering a new game. It's just, it's exciting. It's fun. It's, yeah, it's just it, a good time. My, my experience, the biggest difference is because of where I play, because they're never offered, the biggest differences are everybody is a community because we're all saying, oh, what should the pot be when somebody bets PLO? Like <laughs> the pot and it takes the whole table to decide what the pot amount is. And then at the end, everybody says, oh, wait, no, they got a straight. Oh, no, they got a flush because everybody's so inexperienced, including the dealer. So that's my experience. Of yeah. different. But but John, what do you got for us? Well, I was just going to uh, mention that it was kind of interesting when we started up the uh, mixed games. It, the idea was to get it, bring mixed games to people who are used to just playing Hold'em. And those first few games that we were playing, it was quite interesting because you had to figure out whether a person, because for several people, this was the first time they were ever playing that type of game. You had to figure out if they even knew what the rules of the game were, because there were some times, you know, it was a high-low split game and people didn't understand that, or they didn't know how to play high-low split, or... The first time they were playing Raz, they thought it was stud high. So, you know, they yeah, were had that. completely wrong hands. But it was really interesting watching you. I was at your table, and it was very clear early on. It's like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. I'll have to stay out of his way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm still quite jealous. You know, I set up the mixed games. I'm supposed to be the mixed game expert, and I have yet to win a mixed game. <laughs> And here you have won six of them. Yeah, he's only won half of them, though, John. You've got other people <laughs> right. out there standing in your way. John is in well, first place this year in the standing, so it's not like he's a slack. Well, yeah. But anyway, the uh, it was really impressive. The first time he didn't manage to win a game this year, <laughs> he still came in second. So first, first, second to uh, begin the year off. Quite impressive. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's... I love playing the games with you guys because it's one of the things that is so great about playing mixed games is that in general, unless you're playing in like a Las Vegas mixed game with people that are regulars in that game, they're generally like a social atmosphere. And it is a lot of people that aren't familiar with a lot of the games. And that's, you know, why playing in the rec game is so cool because you know, yeah, I am familiar with all the games and I've played them for a long time. And I like being in there and seeing what people are doing and seeing that other people are excited about trying something new and, and learning these games because they do offer a lot. There's, you know, they're, they're like I said, there's something different from No Limit Hold'em. And there's there's things that, you know, you, you can you can play No Limit Deuce to Seven and discover, hey, I really like this game. It's something different. It's something cool. And then you, you know, study up on that and you discover something else that you, you like and you go, okay, that was kind of cool. Or maybe like split pot games or whatever. So it's cool to see the, that you guys have been an outlet to bring people to the mixed game community. And I would just love to see all these people, you know, come down to Vegas in the summer and see what it's in, in the fall, I guess, um, what it's like to be in like low stakes live mixed games because they're an absolute blast. And the, the fun that we have, on the, the second Wednesday of every month, playing these games and learning them together. It's it's awesome doing it live. It's a whole different world. It's so great. I, I bet you would love to see us all come down there. <laughs> I mean, it'd be so great if you guys all came and played live. Like, what the- Bring your wallets. 
I'm four, going, four, I got four, eight? No, let's play 3060. Let's go. Why stop there? Let's all play $2,000 tournaments. Come on, guys. <laughs> let's go. It'd be great to see you guys there. No, I, I know what you mean. I, we're, you know, I've come in kicking and screaming because I'm still trying to figure out one game. But I think a lot of us that have now tried it are like, this is kind of fun and it is good for the brain. You know, you learn some new things. So I, I think it is a pretty cool thing, but it does, you do feel like pretty far behind the eight ball when you're up against people that have been playing it for, for many years. But it's, it's just a different reason for playing. It's, it's, it's a fun new game. I'm kind of curious. Well, actually, that's the reason, one of the reasons that most of the highest stakes games are mixed games. It's because it levels the playing field a little bit. Hmm. People might understand that they aren't the best at game X, but they'll think they have an edge in games Y or Z or whatever, and that can overcome that particular thing. So by putting everyone off balance a little bit, it kind of levels the playing field there. So it's true. Yeah. In the, in the biggest games, in the tournaments and, and in the Bobby's room games, obviously everybody is, is really proficient at, at all the games. Um, and you have to be in that situation to be a winning player. Um, it's, but that is exactly why there is some appeal to it is because, you know, in, in an eight game mix, there's eight games. You've got to know eight games. Well, in a dealer's choice mix, there can be like 20 games. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be like a game or two or however many that people aren't as familiar with. And, you know, that's part of the strategy is knowing which games, you know, you're better at than other people and things like that. But it's just, there's so many different games that you can learn. Um, like there's, there's games in the mix in, in the Vegas games that I've barely played. Like I have never played a hand of Archie in my life and I can't wait to get down there this fall and, and fire some Archie. Uh, I know the comic book, the comic book's great, but the book game. Uh. <laughs> we have no idea about Archie. That sounds, that sounds great. Good. Good luck with the Archie. You know? <laughs> I got three jacks and I got Jughead. I, I don't know. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I know you guys also have questions, so I'll shut up after this one, but like, I do know, like we're, we're recording this on G July 12th and yesterday there's a pretty big announcement from Robbie Straczynski, as you know, about uh, this, this mixed game festival that's going to be down in Vegas, kind of at the start of the world series. Uh, and maybe talk a little bit about that. Are you excited about that? It looks like it's mostly cash games ending with like a $200 tournament, but yeah. what your perspective on, on the festival that's happening. I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be an absolute blast. And to be honest, I don't think the Westgate knows what it's in for. Um, how big it's cash games. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, how big it's going to be because there's like a yeah. $3,000 platinum pass up for grabs, right? Yeah, because like the Westgate is this is a great little room. Like it's this tiny little room, eight tables, eight, six, maybe, I don't know, six or eight tables, but it's like a small little room next to the sports book. Shimunga sports book, tiny little poker room, but it's such a cozy, cool little room. And the staff there has always been amazing to us. Like Robbie's had games there before that I played in and they're fantastic. Andrew Nimi and Brad Owen, they used to do their meetup games there. I've uh, been there for those atmospheres. Fantastic. The staff at the Westgate is amazing. Uh, this thing is going to be huge because yeah, there's a $25,000 platinum pass on, on the end here. The, the events that have been getting these uh, platinum pass events before, before COVID we're getting hundreds and hundreds of, of players that, at, at us casinos. And I really hope they're bringing in more tables and spreading them through the sports book or something, because this thing is going to be huge, but just that on alone is going to be great. But there's going to be so many people like there's three games, three days of cash games leading up to the horse tournament at the end. And a lot of people are going to be in town already. And I know a lot of people are going to be coming into town to play those. And the mixed game community is tight and it's wider than you might think. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be coming in for it. So I 
shout out to the Westgate. I love you guys, but man, I hope you guys are ready for this. Yeah, I mean, just based on the Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, social media response, who knows how many people actually show up, but there's a lot of people like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. And like, if, you know, that's just, you know, going to be a fraction of who actually shows up. So yeah, it, it could be really huge. I'm kind of curious, uh, Jonesy or Washington or Jim, is that something that's appealing to you guys? I know Somsky's, if he could be there, he'll be there. But like, is, is that, are you guys mixed game players enough where something like that is an appeal to you guys? Personally I wish speaking, I was. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'd love to be, but I, I don't have the chops yet. I, I, yeah. I feel it. Take it, yeah. if I mm-hmm. jump in. Honestly, this is the kind of setting that is perfect for a newer mixed game player because these aren't the, the, the regular games in Vegas that are, you know, the 816, the 2040, whatever those games. These are a lot of recreational players that are going to be coming mm-hmm. in and to get a shot at this to, you know, splash around in some new games. I mean, we're going to be playing like 4 8. It's, you know, you sit down with $200 in white chips and it's just blasting them all over the table. It's an absolute <laughs> fall. Um, I bet you're, you're so excited, Mike. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Look at so his face. Fun. Look at his oh, face talking about it. Oh, I my mean, God. It, does, it sounds like a total blast. I mean, like, I would I would love to just kind of to, to try it out and whatever. I would definitely be the worst player at the table. But, uh, it, I mean, it would, be, it, would be, it would be such a blast. Well, when we had a, our last game there uh, a couple of summers ago, uh, we had a table that was two guys who I don't think had ever played any mixed games. They just came to, to figure it out and see what it was about. And we had an absolute blast. Like there was um, myself and Robbie, uh, Yori from Poker News was there. Uh, I think Will Schillibur. There was a few guys from Poker News that were playing with us. Uh, a buddy of mine that came down uh, who's played a little bit. And then there were two guys who had never played, who were just friends of friends, had never played mixed games. And said, all right, I'm going to punt off a couple of hundred bucks and have some drinks. And they just had an absolute ball just learning these games like Badoogie. What's, what's Badoogie? Wait, I'm not playing Raz, but there's only four cards. And the thing that's so cool about this is, yeah, you may be an experienced or there may be games you've never even played. But the cool thing is it's not like an old Oldham table where everybody's just ruthless and, you know, hooded up and silent. Everybody's there to help each other in these in the low stakes games. And they're, they're, they're there to help you. They're there to help the dealers. They're there to help the other players. It is the most fun I've ever had at a poker table. Any mixed game I've ever been to, whether it's the games I've played at the Westgate with those guys. The, I, I could go on, on a tangent here about a game. The first time I ever actually played uh, one of those Las Vegas kind of media mixed games with uh, Ramco and Donnie and some other guys. And Norman Chad was there. And we played at the Monte Carlo from like 8 p.m. till God, it was, must have been 6 a.m. <laughs> and just playing games that I'd heard of. And then Norman Chad, Norman Chad knows every game there is in the world, every banana home game, every ridiculous, crazy game. There was, there was games with spits and drawing and weird, all these weird games that I didn't even know. And I was 10 or 20 cocktails deep because we had the best server in the world at that game. And everybody's just having an absolute time of their life. And there were games that so many people didn't know and it didn't matter because everybody's just there to have fun and have a great time and punt off a couple hundred bucks. Well, it's, it's pretty fun. Like it tells me a couple things, either mixed games attract the right kind of people that are good, just good for the community or, and, or mixed games players get it. Like that's how you build the game is you are good to people at the table. You teach them, you make them feel good. You know, I think no limit holding players to a large degree don't get that. They don't understand 
it would be better for you if you were nicer to people at the table mm -hmm. if you're actually trying to grow the game. So I think that's an interesting dynamic with mixed games. And that community thing, I think, is a big thing for a lot of people. I'm curious, Rob, I was curious kind of your perspective on this. Is, are you, is this something that's attractive to you? Or you play mixed games enough that, that this is something you'd look at? Well, I don't play mixed games enough, but I definitely sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, Mike yeah. makes it sound like that's the best place to be it is. at that time of the day, at that time of the series, whatever. It <laughs> so it sounds like uh, I might have to pay a visit to the Westgate while I'm up there. Yeah, well, you're you're close there now, right? You're you're not too far away. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah we'll be we'll be living in Arizona, Bullhead City, right across the river from Laughlin. So only be an hour and a half from Vegas. There it is. Uh, Probably there. Jim, what did you have? Yeah, well, Mike, make it easy for us. So there's players like me that love playing Hold'em, love the social quality of the game, but we just don't like trying new things for the first time or like we don't like learning things or we feel like we're going to look stupid. Like what's the first game we should start trying to learn? If we feel like we are pretty much, we got No Limit Hold'em, we're comfortable with that. What's one that's going to be like a comfortable step into mixed games from there? Um. I'd say if you've never played Potlum in Omaha, Potlum in Omaha is the next is it's the gateway drug to mixed games. Basically, um, you know, it's it's four cards. It's a it's very similar to Hold'em. Obviously, it's but still different enough that there's new strategies and different things to think about. But there's enough familiarity that you know you're trying you're trying something different, but it's recognizable. And then, like I said, when I when I started dabbling a bit more like a PLO was the first mixed game that I played and then from there I was like okay what's this Omaha 8 or better it's same thing it's Omaha it's four cards but it's split pod what's this so then I think Omaha 8 is actually a really really great game for people to dive into mixed games with uh, along with PLO because it introduces the elements of, of split pot games and just thinking of things in a different different manner as opposed to just trying to make high hands where you have to make low hands as well so then once you start introducing that element then you can start thinking about um the other low ball games like the stud games like raz raz is raz is probably the simplest poker game to learn but there's enough nuance and enough things to drive you crazy that it's 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 not an easy game it looks really easy you know just make little those five cards that you can't. All right, that's easy. I'm terrible at holding, so I must be good at rest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, there's a lot of different games I, uh, that are really, really appealing for someone that wants to jump into mixed games. Those are the ones I'd say. I'd say PLO for the fact that it's it's similar enough to hold them, that it's familiar, that but just different enough that you'll be comfortable with it. And then Omaha 8 or better is a cool one because, again, it's a flop game but it introduces the element of looking for low hands. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to kind of go into the stud low ball area, give Raz a look because it's really easy to learn, but uh, it's very different. Hmm. Chris. Yeah. Mike, you know, like as somebody who's, who's pretty, like, I'm just trying to sometimes learn like what is a, the best hand in these kind of games. Like I've been, I'm trying to learn mixed games. I'm trying to, but, but one of the things that's kind of fascinating to me, and I think I haven't even progressed to this step, but thinking about it is, when we're playing in not just learning one game, but when we're playing in these sort of tournament style mixed games where they keep switching the game on us, like what are some of the strategies of just playing in a tournament where the game is switching every, you know, every so often? Are you, are you like 
are you trying to find your best game and then trying to stay out of the way when you're in a game where you're like, I don't even know what, what end is up here or like, what are some of the, the key strategies to playing in tournament style mixed games where the game keeps changing? So yeah, in a, in a horse or a game mix, um, the easiest thing I can say is you kind of have to be as familiar with the games as possible with, with all of them in the mix. Um, and recognize what your better games are and what your weaker games are. Like, I'll fully admit, Limit Hold'em is probably my worst game. It's Hold'em, but it's Limit Hold'em. It's a different beast, and it's the game I play the least. And generally, I only play it in a horse or an AK mix. But yeah, just it's it's better to learn a few games just one at a time, maybe before diving into the full. Uh, into a full eight game mix or into a horse mix. Uh, a horse mix is obviously easier because it's only five games and Hold'em is one of the games. So that's going to be more familiar with the players. But then the next one is is the Omaha eight. And then there's the three stud games, Raz, Stud and Stud eight. So there's there's more games to learn, but it's, it's best before maybe you jump into a full mix of uh, games like that to get familiar, get comfortable with, you know, at least two or three of the games and then, you know, get more familiar as you go along. Yeah, I know, I know Fox once, Fox once said he's won a World Series of Poker Brace like Chris Wallace, and he said in, in horse, and for him, it was like what his best games are, but then also really paying attention to pick up on who are obviously the weaker players in the different games. And mm-hmm. really it's that, you know, like you would do it in all of them and hold them, but just sort of like every game trying to figure out who are the people I want to get into pots with. And so it seems too complicated for my brain. Uh, we'll go <laughs> Somsky and then Jim. I was just going to mention as far as learning another uh, little tip is if you're playing in a mixed game where it's rotating games, just in the games you don't know as well, play tighter, Mm. play fewer starting hands, play stronger starting hands, uh, fold the first few positions so that you're, you're going to be in position more often. And that'll go a long ways to make it. It doesn't hurt you as much in these mixed games limit tournaments to fold for an orbit or so. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, that it's, makes it's, sense. Yeah, just recognize which games are your weakest and then, you know, play as tight as you can with those. Play to whatever level you're comfortable in those games and just recognize it and don't get too cute. Yep. And, and my question was more about um, sort of like sound like the meta game a little bit when you're at the table like that. Like if, if let's say you're in the later stages of a tournament or maybe even the final table of like a dealer's choice or something. Um, if you were in a place where the players to your left all had big stacks, like how important is the stack size when you're making this decision? Like, would you ever consider playing like a low bet game, small bet game or a limit game versus a no limit game according to stack size or something like that? Um, so in a dealer's choice tournament, yeah, you would definitely have to be more selective of which game you choose when the option is on you. Um, based on that, like you, depending on how you want to play, whether you want to, you know, double up or play aggressively, then you can choose big bet games. Or if you want to kind of just, you know, be patient until maybe somebody picks a game that you're more familiar with, then you can do that and just take limit games that are going to, you know, help you ladder up a bit. Or you could just, you know, pick whatever game you think is your best at. Pick what your best game is and uh, you can do that strategy. Or if you can also pick what you think your opponent to your left, their, their worst game might be. So then you can play more aggressively against them. So that's that's like the case in a, in a dealer's choice game. But 
in an eight game or, or a horse mix, it's, it's, it's not really a consideration because the games just, you know, cycle on a, on a set rotation. So um, you're just going to have to take what they give you and, and play accordingly. And then, yeah, based on ICM and your stack size and things like that, just uh, determine how you want to play. I'm, I'm kind of curious just from a general strategic perspective, because I, I played Omaha a bit now, but I still have never studied the game. I've never studied starting hand ranges. So I'm very much a novice, but I know when I first started playing, it seemed like, boy, everybody's playing every, everything is a lot of limps, you know, whatever. And so it feels like, boy, any duel do let's go. And then, you know, as I start playing more, I'm like, wow, there's actually a big advantage to playing tighter than the average Joe having, you know, better hand selection. And then, you know, how, how big of an issue is, is position. So let's just take Omaha since it's your, your gateway drug to mixed games. <laughs> uh, if we just take Omaha, just at a, at a very, very high level, let's say we're deep stacked. Is, is hand selection as important in Omaha? Or, or let me rephrase that. Um, is, is the percentage of hands that you would play, your VPIP or whatever you want to say, is that a, should that be about the same in Omaha versus no limit hold'em or should it be higher because of just the dynamics and the structure of it? And then the second part of that is by position. Uh, so no limit hold'em is very, you know, it's to me anyway, at least the way that I play, you know, it, the, the percentage of pods that I enter is very different early position versus late position. Is it just as dramatic in a game like Omaha or is that tighter? Is it tighter all around? No, pot limit, pot limit Omaha, uh, it's, very, it's very similar to no limit hold'em and the fact that position is really, really important because there are a lot more possibilities with your hands um, and you really don't want to be playing at a position uh, as much as possible without a really strong hand. Um, with a big stack, it can get a little more splashy and a little more aggressive and you know, blast off a little bit more, especially in position. Like you'll see, you know, you'll see guys that are playing pretty much anything in late position mm -hmm. uh, with a big stack against smaller stacks and, and essentially playing their stack more than their hands, which is, which is just as effective in PLO as it is in no limit hold'em. So there's similarities to it in that. Um, I, I honestly, PLO is one of the games I play among the least. I play more cash games of that. So my PLO tournament game isn't as sharp as some of the others maybe, yeah. but I'll, there are a lot of similarities and position is, is definitely in, as important, if not more so in PLO. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause the way that I've, I've only played, you know, very small tournament buy-ins with a bunch of people that don't really know what they're doing or, or at least I can't pick out the ones that know what they're doing. And, and so it doesn't feel like they're, they're valuing position as much. I'm seeing these sort of marginal hands flipped over from early position and, I'm just trying to think through in my mind, is this correct? Or is this incorrect? Like, uh, they, you know, and so what I'm hearing is not so much. Sometimes it is. And sometimes it's not again. Oh, it's, okay. it's very, it's very player dependent. Like any, like Nola Olam, it's, uh, it's, it depends on what you can, what you think you can get away with, how you can exploit your opponents. And yeah, it's, yeah, and I think position's always king, but if you can exploit your opponents accordingly with some some, some nonsense, then yeah, by all means go for I think it. it's more just, uh, we just want to play, and I, I think that's what it is. So I think what I'm hearing you say is position is just as important, if not more, as it is in Hold'em, even though maybe some of the games I'm playing in doesn't doesn't reflect that. <laughs> and hand selection yeah. is just as important. Uh, if as you see a lot of players at your table playing a lot of nonsense, then yeah, it's just, it's generally like like no limit hold them it's better to tighten up a little bit and play some better hands and you know let them stick all their money in with their nine high flush draws and stuff like that when you've got the nuts so yeah i had a flush draw, nine high flush draw and you're up against three others that are all bigger than yours 
Okay. Well, guys, any other questions for Mike? Uh, I've got another question for him, but I think uh, I want to make sure you guys have an opportunity to chime in or, or I got, Martha. I got, yeah. Uh, Mike, do you have any experience? We're talking about going down to WSOP for some of our Canadian members. It's the first time. Um, have you gone through this experience of sort of like, uh, <laughs> I should watch out the way I phrase this. Have you gone through this experience of cashing in an event down there and then having yeah. to like have your withholding dealt with coming back across the border? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, sure. So I've uh, cashed a couple of times down there and uh, the line is $5,000. So if you make $5,000 or less, you don't have to worry about paying taxes or getting about you just get your lump of cash or check or whatever and you're good. But once you cross $5,000, then they take off the withholding, which uh, I believe is 35%, but don't quote me on that. Um, but there are ways that you can, I think, get it back once you come back home. There's, uh, there are some uh, tax places that, are, that deal specifically with that, um, with getting gambling taxes back to you. So you can do it. Um, it. It can be done. You just have to go through the process and you'll get it back a few months later, but you can't get it back. Jim, I assume you're asking that question on behalf of Kim or somebody else who might actually cash. Yeah. I'm talking about some of the wizards that are going to come back with their pockets full, not empty. Like I'm planning, you know me, I just, I like to live all my chips on the table. That's the best way. Just leave them all there on the table, making a graceful exit. Easier. That's what I'm hoping. Just easier. I think <laughs> all right. Just get, make your life simple, Jim. I like, yeah. I like the plan. Like why plan on winning? If you can just like, don't have to deal with any of this stuff. Oh, I mean, it sounds like a headache. If you, know, you don't want yeah. to deal with it, just bust it before you make more than 5k. Yeah. Right. That's my, that's my new plan. I'm going to start circling the payout. <laughs> It's up to 5k and uh, that's when i'm going to really start making my move all right don't tell anybody though <laughs> so so mike i'm curious uh so now if you're going to be doing some of the poker reporting for poker news and uh but also wanting to play have you thought about your schedule for the wsop or is it all still kind of we got to see what's gonna how it's gonna play out here so this year's gonna be a little different like if i wasn't working for poker news i would be planning on there's a there's a week where there's a back-to-back fifteen hundred dollar uh eight game and horse and i was kind of eyeing those but uh not necessarily going to be an option if i'm going to be working for two months down there so uh, i think they do let you play an event or two so i might still be able to squeeze that in if they uh, if i can make a deep run and they'll give me three days off in a row that'd be cool mm -hmm. um but for now i'm tentatively planning on playing the casino employees event because mm -hmm. i'll be a casino employee so i've never played that one before so why not um so yeah i'm looking at that and then uh, another thing i'm actually really looking forward to is if i do have a day or two off a week uh, and i am down there for two months is getting a chance to play some of the great one-day tournaments that are in a lot of the places down there yeah. uh notably the orleans and the golden nugget uh the orleans has a great series during the world series uh, where they run a lot of mixed games. Like it's usually, I think it's like three or four days at least they have a mixed game and a no limit holder to hold them tournament in the same day. And then the golden nuggets grand series is amazing. It is so great for lower buy-ins and uh, newer players to play mixed games. And uh, in, they have plenty of no limit hold them tournaments as well that, you know, all run in buy-ins uh, both places run in buy-ins from like 150 bucks to like 500 Mm -hmm. So there's a ton of great tournaments for mixing game players and open and holder players that are, you know, three figure buy-ins. They're great. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can get your schedule figured out so you can balance both of those things. John, did you have something? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> John on the spot and watch him go. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, Mike, man, it's been a pleasure. I know we've got a little bit in other, other venues, but it's fun just to chat mixed games, let the world uh, know a little bit more about who you are. And I think, you know, your skill set is huge. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that you could be doing. So hopefully you find that, that right thing there. I think, man, just being an ambassador for mixed games, like somebody should be paying you to just be uh, somewhere. Uh, oh, it won't be rec poker. <laughs> him and rob can pay you that's fine but but no i mean I, it's, it's a pleasure man you're one of the good guys in the industry and i wish you all the best for everything you have going on man this fall is going to be an exciting time you're going to meet so many amazing people inside poker news and and the whole industry that could really open up some doors and uh hopefully hopefully just crank your career to the next level That'd be awesome. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate the chance to get on here and chat with you guys. And it's like I said, it's always fun playing with you guys. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all down there. And uh, I do have to say before I go that you will be singing the anthem. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's a little bar yes. at the D on the on Fremont uh, called Bar Canada inside oh. the D Las Vegas. Is that right? And oh. I think that would be a great get together and watch a gold knights game interesting i'll put it this way i'm doing it but i'm not going to be pushing the logistics i'm not going to be pushing it for it to happen but uh if it's bringing the lyrics yeah go on the lyrics that that part is no problem and i'm going to have fun with it but uh you are to blame, to give credit to. Yes, it's this guy. And there's several things that want. Kim wants stuff, Jim wants stuff, but if it wasn't for you, I think I'd get by last year without, uh, without <laughs> So thanks a lot. Well, we six more months, so if I knock off a couple more, uh, maybe you'll get your second place. Pick <laughs> <laughs> another country that I can, that we can go after. <laughs> or something. But Mike, yeah, seriously, man, thank, thanks for being on here. Thanks for all your involvement in Rec Poker. Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, if you need anything, man, let us know. And uh, we'll get the word out. We'll let you know when this thing airs and we'll go from there. And I guess, I guess it's Monday, July 12th, which means in two days, you're going to be winning another mixed game tournament. So uh, <laughs> next week when we this, we'll be saying your name. I'm sure. Look forward to it. <laughs> All right, Mike. Take care, man. Perfect. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, guys. Great. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, what are we, uh, before we get to Jonathan Little, what, uh, any feedback, any thoughts uh, from the conversation with Mike? I just, oh. I, oh, go ahead, Jim. No, just one of the, one of the fun guys, Rick Poker. You know, we we talk sports every once in a while. I, he's playing his home game from time to time. Uh, he's just full of fun. He's always got good people around him. Crushes our mixed games. Other than that, you know, what can you say about the guy? Yeah, and I, I I love the conversation, and I, I think uh, I think you know with his TV experience, uh, we sh the thing that that Poker Go nobody seems to have is really like a mixed game um you know tv show so i mean let's uh, and and i feel like that's the time that i've learned the most about mixed games is watching the only thing that i've been able to watch some like really high level mixed game play is the wsop you know the bracelet events where like the crushers are playing like you know whatever you know they, they poker go has some of those i've watched some of those and that's like the basis of like basically my understanding of any of those games so I, it would be awesome to see that happen hmm. Very cool. Anything else, guys? All right. Well, why don't we, uh, Jim, do you want to go ahead and queue up Jonathan and we'll take it from there? Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Oh, I hate guessing. Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com where we offer 
over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. And if you go to pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now and sign up and you don't think you're getting your money as worth, he'll, he'll give you your money back. Jonathan Little, he'll do it. He'll give you your money back. So go check that out. And for God's sake, don't guess or stress. Oh, man, he gets so angry when you do it. Yeah, I think it's very easy, you know, to, you listen to podcasts, listen to watch TV, and you gloss over commercials, and now we've been running this one for a while, so it just becomes sort of background noise, uh, but yeah, but but kind of pay attention to that, hear, hear what he's saying in there, there's some, he's one of the foremost teachers of the game, especially for, you know, beginning to intermediate players, uh, not that he's not a high-level pro, but he's very good at explaining concepts uh, at an easy level, so I really do recommend pokercoaching.com slash recpoker. Check it out. Don't let it just be background noise. Uh, maybe today, just kind of go check it out, peruse the website, see what's out there. Uh, before we get into the home games, just one real quick announcement I want to make is that uh, we have been invited uh, to do the Run Good Poker Series down in Florida. Uh, and so I'm still kind of just doing an interest check. We have maybe half a dozen people that are like, maybe, maybe. Um, and so if you're interested in, in checking that out, no commitment at all, get a hold of me, Steve at rec.poker or DM me somewhere. Uh, and let's talk about it. It's August 23rd through the 29th. Uh, and it's just a great week. It's a real fun week. Uh, if we have enough people, we'll get a house uh, and we'll play and we'll celebrate and we'll just have a good time. So if you have any interest in that, just reach out. It'll be uh, kind of our next rec poker road trip if we have enough interest. So uh, with that, uh, Somsky, home games, what do you say, guru? I have nothing to say about that either. I'm just, Did no. I put that on the spot again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. It just happens every week. <laughs> Um, so for our nightly events, we start off with Digging Eight Graves. Chris, some, how do you pronounce that name? Simino? Simino. Simino. I've seen Digging Eight Graves around quite a bit lately. Yeah. They're, they're definitely in that final table conversation a lot. So nicely done, well, Chris. And I believe I know who Chris is. I, I think I played uh, here, local Minnesota. Yeah, I think he's mm. a Minnesota player, and I played mm. with him at Aces. People. But but a little known fact people don't realize is that John will refuse to pronounce your name correctly until you win. A <laughs> <thing>. so, <laughs> once you win a silver pin, he'll figure it out. But until then, like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, he was calling so, me Jeem for like a whole year. God, that was annoying. Then we have Wilfman one oh nine, the dim Wolfie. <laughs> So Wolfman 109, Adam Wolf, got his third nightly series victory for the year. That's our boy ARW in the forums. Exactly. Hunter H, Hunter Hawes, who I believe is related to Michael Hawes. Um, They 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 played in the the Rec Poker reunion tournaments. Hunter just got a really good haircut. It's a nice haircut, Hunter. (laughs) Anyway, I know. um, Oh. I have this in the wrong spot. Uh-oh. He actually won. This is my fault. He won the Nolan Hold'em Championship Series. Oh my! So, so he punched a ticket to the final end of year championship finale. Yep. What you're saying. The good Holy thing cow. is nobody knew that you had it in the wrong spot. <laughs> the PowerPoint. Well, except for what's supposed to happen is that was supposed to be the premier thing that was. You know, the most important. Ah, yes, I see. I very believe is what I'm saying. So, anyway, no no offense, Hunter. Got that. Then in uh, July 8th, we had 
Trey 371, Thomas mm. Pena got his second nightly series, nightly victory. East Coast Bitter Ben yeah. got a nightly victory. And I was witness to that one because I came in runner up and he did an excellent job, just totally demolished me heads up. <laughs> nice way to go, Ben. Congrats. Then we have McBean, Chad McBean. Back to back Canucks. First of the year. All right. And Keto Man 335, Kian Tavakoli, won the mixed game this week. Did, did Kian win a silver pin? Because you nailed that pronunciation. Just saying. Like, he, he's earned some kind of correct pronunciation from you, obviously, because you're just killing it on the Tavakoli. Yeah, that's because he actually said, you know, you're leaving a syllable or two out of my name when you say it. <laughs> and then I felt so bad I had to actually read it. Um, I yeah, so sometimes I just say these names. I don't actually read them as I'm saying them. That's why John likes the names that have a little panache. I think that's I think John likes to have a cool name. That could be it. So now we are on to the international events for the Daily Series. And PCS 2005, Jack uh, Sweet. Way to go, Jack. Got his very first international win. East Coast Bitter Ben what? got another victory this week. Oh in my the god! Second international ser- uh, tournament. Oh, are and you saying that we had a Saturday go by where Woody Adams did not win a tournament on Saturday? Is that what you're saying? Are you sure? I, have you have you double checked these results that Woody didn't win fact, any of the Saturday tournaments? I don't believe he won one this entire week. He went oh. an entire seven day stretch no. without winning a tournament. Woody, call your office. Something's not right. Let's get this whole thing figured out. And last but not least, LPP Sunday, Uncle Tom's Cabin, Jeff S. won the LPP event. Learn ah. so he can contact Jim Reed, Jim at rec.poker, and get your free month to learn pro poker. Awesome. Thank you, John. I see you got the September 18th out there, too. We mentioned it last time, but that's the... Yep. The next heads up tournament. And so does, do people need to do anything to be eligible to play that or just register when the time comes? They have to have a heartbeat and they have to be in our home game club. So, uh, and then when the time comes, register for the tournament. We'll have more details as the time progresses, but just keep that in mind. If you're, you want to go on vacation, say, fine, I can go on vacation, but not September 18th. <laughs> that day we need to hold are you are you validating heartbeats or is that sort of a just <laughs> no no we will let people assume that they have a heartbeat if they're playing the honor system yeah, honor the system. honor system all right well thank you john for all for all the work on that stuff. how about you mr jones what do we got in the content world uh, yeah, so we're, we're still building on this um, mo- the seminar model where we're actually doing the, the kind of play and learn model. Um, I think we had a really nice session last month where, um, and we were focusing on the play leading up to sort of the bubble. Uh, so this month, it'll be sort of that moment after the bubble bursts, and we'll be looking at kind of a, a lead into that um, or and, and kind of leading into the bubble as well. And then um, with some of that sort of like uh, the, some of the ICM pressures of that, I think we're 
I think I can announce this, right, Jim? Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're really excited. Uh, we're, we've been trying to sort of think about how we could add to. So every one of these months, I, I'm kind of like trying to stumble through some sort of like, hey, here's some uh, general thoughts about the whole thing. You but we're do so good with that. So <laughs> but good. we're uh, we're gonna get uh, start trying to have some some outside perspectives. So for next month, as we look at some of that bubble uh, pressure and some of the leading into the bubble. Uh, we're going to have Daryl Carney, um, who's, you know, written, written a book on ICM stuff, uh, look at uh, one key moment from that night and talk about how he might approach it as well. So, and I, and I think this is going to be a really nice addition to this, uh, this after the fact. Chris, are you saying that premium members at Rec Poker get to play in a recorded interactive learning engaging event? And then we're going to have pros like Dario Carney come and critique their own play and give them yeah. tips on how they could improve. And they get to, they can watch the whole tape of us commenting on it. They get to watch my post uh, script video where I really try to break down some spots and now we're going to have some pro perspectives too so I think it's going to be a, a pretty nice package that we'll get together every month on at, at that sounds pretty good at, at some point in the next five years there's not going to be a delineation between Chris's breakdown post and the pro yeah. perspective yeah it's I agree Chris's, Chris the pro's perspective I, yeah. if you ever wanted to do that I believe that that is a possibility but for now We'll have Chris's perspective and then the pro's perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel safer that way. <laughs> so uh, I, I said something in the chat too. Uh, so Kim uh, Kilroy does uh, an empowerment. Uh, she has a group uh, on on our Rec Poker speaking about empowerment, and it's just really powerful. And some of the guests that she's had join the group uh, are really great. I know uh, she's going to have a meeting tomorrow night, July thirteenth. We're already going to have aired this by then but you guys check that out if you have any interest in that and we hope you do uh male or female or you know however you identify we want people to feel empowered to play the game uh, and feel included in the game and grow the game that way just because it's the right thing to do um and so if you have a heart for that and if i'm misspeaking somebody correct me but uh, if you have a heart for that uh join that group uh just kind of follow it and then connect uh where it makes sense i think that that's amazing um yeah Okay, so I was gonna say, Paul. Paul said too, he spent years perfecting his seven stud night baseball game. <laughs> is that where threes and sixes oh. and nines are all wild or something? I don't know, I don't know what that is. Oh. And you get an extra card with a four, I think. Oh, I played that. <laughs> I played that game. I played that game. Oh. I don't even barely know what Omaha is. You guys, this is so, this is so. <laughs> Paul is an expert in the seven stud night baseball game so if that's your game <laughs> paul parker is the guy that you need to go to nines are wild all cards down fours are wild i don't know what's happening okay, every card's wild every card's wild it five like, kings loses it sounds like a flip a minute everybody can bring 50 bucks let's just flip our it threes two wins and then we'll just watch tv uh, <laughs> rob, rob how about you man what's going on book study world with michael acevedo well unfortunately we had to miss uh the first session in july i think uh, i had sorry, a very poor internet, internet. The first time you've ever canceled a book study in all of the many 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 months you've been doing it so i think uh, we'll, we'll uh, give you a month off gee thanks <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a very poor internet connection so it wasn't going to be doable i didn't want to have it have me go down and up and down and up and down through the whole thing so not very productive so anyway um when you next hear this podcast it'll be the following day will be the second 
uh, or the third Wednesday of July. And I believe that is the 21st. Yep. Um, we will be continuing with uh, the Modern Poker Theory by Michael Acevedo. We'll be talking about pre-flop ranges in an MTT. Hmm. Um, so we're going to be going through all the different positions. Uh, the, these are all solver-based GTO solutions for pre-flop ranges. So it's uh, very, like it says, modern poker theory. This is the theory of poker. It's not telling you how to exploit people. It's telling you this is what the theory says is the best way to do it. And then it's up to you to take that and look at what your opponents are doing and see how you can exploit them versus that uh, GTO range. So it's, it's going to be, again, we're going to be diving way into it. Probably be some rabbit holes we're going to dive into. <laughs> we'll be lucky to find our way out of those rabbit holes and back into the life of the living, but we will do our best. And if you normally are just a podcast listener, these are the moments that watching the video is worth it because Rob just light up. Because we're going to be it, and we're going to go on rabbit trails. We're going to... <laughs> He's not like, oh yeah, it's going to take forever. He's like, oh, I love, I love seeing you light up about this stuff. It's awesome. Well, and, and you know, one of the things about um, this chapter of the book study that we're going to be looking into in particular, I was doing a study group just last week where we're going through one of our premium members' uh, database reviews of their Poker Tracker 4 stuff. And they'd sent in a little over 65,000 hands that we were looking at. And when we filtered for facing pre-flop action, a little over 50,000 of those hands were hands where either no one had opened in front of you or one person had opened in front of you. And so almost all the hands you play in poker are going to be ones where you get a chance to open or someone else has opened once in front of you. And so knowing your opening ranges by position, knowing your three betting ranges by position, that's going to come up so often that it's it's really, really valuable for, for you to be working on. Because it's not some esoteric every once in a while, this is going to come up kind of principle. This is really the bread and butter of poker. So it's a, it's a great way to get involved with this book study that we're doing. I love it. I know we've had a few new members pop on this, premium members this week, and they're sort of like, oh, baby, where do I start? This is all really good. And there's so much good stuff. And so if you're kind of in that camp where you're like, you're a new member, you're like, where do I start? Or if you're thinking about becoming a premium member, but it seems like too much, just reach out to us. Uh, we will figure out where you're at in your game, what you need to do, what your learning style is. And we'll just tell you, go to the book study or watch the seminars or do this. And, and you know, we will make it easy for you. The idea is to give enough choice so that everybody can find what they need for their level of skill, for their learning style. And so don't be overwhelmed. Uh, what, what is Jonathan? Don't sweat or whatever. Just, you know, we need a little saying like that, but don't sweat it. Just, just call us. Uh, but, but that's the thing. So you can, you can actually go to rec.poker. You can check it out. Uh, premium membership, use the code recpoker. You get 10 bucks off your first payment, which basically means for 15 bucks a month, you take 10 bucks off, you can try it for five bucks. So, uh, and you can, hang out with people like Rob and Chris and John and Jim and Taylor and Andrew and all these, all these really cool people. Not me. I won't be there. Cause I'm not cool enough. They don't let <laughs> all these cool people will be there. Kim will be there. So, so anyway, well, anything else guys that we need to touch on, uh, whether it's community related, content related, rec poker nation related, there's just so much great free stuff there and, and all these great videos on YouTube. Now we're doing all our free videos on YouTube. So go to the Rec Poker community on YouTube, check all that out. There's like 
30 playlists or something ridiculous like that mm-hmm. uh, subscribe there and help us out and just share share your love of poker put some comments up tweet at us let us know um what you love and what you don't and let's just explore this game that we all love together it's phenomenal love it so check it out wrecked up poker sign up for the newsletter the twerp this week in wreck poker comes out every week uh so sign up for that good information there uh but special thanks uh, man, Mike Patrick, it was so great to have him on here. Jim, John, Chris, Rob, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, Kim, Paul, Martha in the chat. If you're a premium member, you can just hang out in the chat with us. You can ask questions. You can make all these fun comments that we can't even share with you uh, that were made tonight, uh, but you can hang out with us. But thanks to all of you guys. Uh, thanks to Running Aces Casino Racetrack and Hotel. Thanks to Website Amp. Uh, the music is really low. Here we go. All right, guys, and we will chat with you all uh, next week.